AMD is not gonna wait around for Nvidia to steal your money. They're gonna steal it from you themselves. Logitech thinks that you wanna play games on the go in the cloud. And uh, it looks like the 7950X already on sale. Let's get into the hot news, everybody. I'm your bright host. We're gonna be going over the hottest tech news that I can find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. In today's top story, we're gonna be discussing some new reports coming out about the next generation of cards from AMD, the RX 7000 series. This actually came out a little few days ago, but I didn't wanna rummage it all in the RTX 40 series news. I wanted to separate it because the new reports are that there are serious improvements coming to this next generation of RDNA 3 cards, including the fact that it might hit four gigahertz on clock speed in addition to refined adaptive power management and new infinity cache setup. So that four gigahertz clock speed is gonna be thanks to the fact that it is on the TSMC five nanometer process, which we're already hearing from AMD that their CPUs are getting much better at frequency because of architectural improvements as well as shifting over to TSMC's five nanometer on the CPU side. So it stands to reason that we could potentially see some of these frequency increases on the GPU side and the reports are coming out that it is going to be be highly clocked. And if you remember at all, RDNA 2, the RX 6000 series, is kind of the first generation of AMD's cards that is going really past two gigahertz. Like 2.5 gigahertz and higher on the 6950 XT was nowhere near what we were getting with the RDNA 1 cards or even Vega back in the day. So it's actually really impressive. There's been key uplifts as well as the fact that we're expecting four gigahertz and we're not expecting it to consume hundreds and hundreds of watts of extra power over the current generation because AMD's talked about the fact that they are increasing performance per watt 50% over RDNA. We've heard previous reports from other rumors that while the RTX 4090 is aiming for that 90 teraflop of gaming performance, the highest end RDNA 3 is likely gonna be in the 75 region, 7075. So it's not gonna be able to beat Nvidia at the top tier as far as just raw teraflops brute force, which is not how you measure game performance in the first place, but AMD will likely be able to beat them on architectural efficiencies, as well as the next-gen AMD Infinity Cache will make it so that it could potentially be a much more effective gaming GPU, just like we're seeing out of AMD's X3D technology on their CPUs. Changing the cache setup has actually allowed it to be faster, and just like the 6950 XT can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the 3090 Ti, despite the 3090 Ti beating it on paper, is just a testament to what AMD's GPUs are capable of. So it does seem like if we get clock speed improvements, performance per watt improvements, redesigned Infinity Cache, and hopefully, a better ray tracing setup, AMD is gonna provide some serious competition with the RX 7000 series. And after what we saw from the RTX 40 series, I'm a little bit more excited for AMD, but let me know what you think of these new details down below in the comments. And people didn't think that GTA 6 looked good and that got game devs being like, do you know how game development works? Because people are like, graphics is the first thing you finish when you build video games. And so a whole lot of game devs came out and were like, this is, this is what game development looks like. It actually takes a long while for games to actually look anywhere near complete. Graphics are the first thing finished in a game, Cult of the Lamb showing off that that's not the case for them. Horizon Zero Dawn, Thunderjaw from an early build, it didn't look good. This is what Aloy allegedly looked like at one point. And then you got Control, which won awards for being good at graphics, looked like this at one point in its game development. So if you're worried about GTA 6 looking like butt because of some pre-alpha stuff that Rockstar was never even gonna release in the first place, like, 
that's just how games work. They look like anus at some point, even if they're developing it to be an amazing game. It has to go through a process because here's the thing. They're creating it from scratch. It doesn't exist yet. So when you're when you're in the creative process and when you're in the develop, like a, a half-built house, it's not you complete half of the house completely and then you work on the other half of the house. A half-built house looks like crap. Same thing with a video game. Just chill, okay, about the GTA 6. Speaking of video games, you should chill a little bit more with Ted Lasso because he's coming to FIFA 2023. I, I just like the Ted Lasso series and it's kind of neat that it's a video game integration. Not gonna buy it because of this, but it's just, it's kind of cool, which is what a lot of people think about the Crypto Stunk segment. It's its a kind of cool segment. Not Nothing special though. Bitcoin down 1.6% to be at $18,692. Ethereum continuing to get hammered down 5.3% to be at 12.74. That is low. That is very low from its previous setup. And it's just continued to slide ever since the Ethereum merge happened one week ago. Dogecoin down 2.85% to be at 5.6 cents. And I'm down to hear what Reese has to say about UFD deals. Give us the hottest tech deals, Reese. Hey everyone, welcome back to UFD deals. We're bringing the hottest tech deals out in Hello? This just says, am Rockstar we suing? Keep this up and I'll leak the rest of your stuff. Just like I'm gonna leak today's deals. Today we have the Corsair Vengeance RGB Pro 32 gig DDR4 kit going for only $109.99, which is $28 off or 20% off. And don't forget, you can find this deal and more linked in the video description and I'm gonna hand you off back to Brett now. And I know a deal Reese wants, but it can't have because South Africa doesn't get Apple products affordably at all. It's gonna be a problem. This thing's gonna cost a lot. The Apple Watch Ultra Reviews came out yesterday, which gives us a first look at the latest update to the Apple Watch setup for their $799 watch, which a lot of people were expecting to be $1,000 considering the fact that it's a dive computer, has crazy battery life, has extra GPS tracking. It does seem like there are a lot of feature sets and that's essentially what the reviews came out and showed that the battery life is absolutely way better than it is on any other Apple Watch. It's not quite as good as some other activity trackers, but considering the fact that the Apple Watch can do more than just a generalized activity tracker, it it's pretty impressive. A lot of the reports, including an MKBHD's review, seem to indicate that you get it over two days of battery life with it. You add into the fact that it, it does have that dive computer. It has a red light mode, which allows it to be good for things like astrophotography when you need to be in low vision, or the fact that it's rugged and it has better IP ratings and it can last for a really long time. It's it, it's weird because in MKBHD's review, we talked about how Apple did not call this the Pro, even though Apple likes to call things Pro, even when it makes no sense. Instead, they called this the Ultra. And I wonder, just personally thinking about this is that because they're trying to also pitch this towards like people who are not professional athletes like people who you do Ironmans and triathlons and run 100 miles typically they aren't professional athletes they are just people who want to do this and so it's not for professionals it's for people who are extreme at what they do but they're not getting paid they just do it for the love of it and that's why they called the ultra instead of the pro i'm probably overthinking it let me know what you think of the apple watch ultra down below in those comments and the ntsb thinks that you should be blowing into your car you should blow your car every single time you get in it because they want to make sure that you're not drunk they're calling for every new vehicle sold to have a breathalyzer included to help limit the amount of deaths that happen due to drunk driving in the united states every year and it's estimated that 
that 43,000 people die every single year from drunk driving in the NTSB. It says that every new car should have an integrated system, which sounds good on paper, but when reading reports from other people who actually have these as like a court mandated thing because they have had a DUI in the past, they're not very accurate. And then they lock you out of your system. Things like using Aura Gel or using mouthwash can cause it. Things that aren't actually alcohol, but could present as alcohol in a breathalyzer could make it so that you can't drive your vehicle, which is no bueno if you have to get to work and you're trying to mouthwash and to be minty fresh for you to speak to your boss. It'd be a problem and then you're late 30 minutes and you just have to come in and be like, I did this for you. And then my car said, no, you blew too hot. But Tesla's looking to solve all of that because they want their cars to drive themselves. And now they're making it so that the they're gonna charge everywhere as well because the CCS adapter is now finally available in America as of yesterday. This is something that they announced back in 2020. And in case you're not familiar, electric car charging in the United States kind of comes down to two different types. You have the Tesla connector and then you have CCS adapters. Tesla in Europe and in the rest of the world uses CCS charging. Here in America, they have their own proprietary thing. So having this adapter will mean that Teslas can charge everywhere and Tesla's already talked about opening up their chargers to other types of vehicles. And so having an open standard does look like it's gonna become more or less a reality. It's something that Tesla's already prescribed to in Europe. They already have a CCS connector in the car. So bringing it here to the US probably it's not outside the realm of reality. However, not all the Tesla vehicles can actually support this at the moment. Some need a retrofit, others can actually support it now. It, it You just have to check and see, but it's a $250 adapter, which is a pricey noodle. But considering the fact that you know, it's trying to accept at some CCS adapters, 350 kilowatts, that could blow up your car. You wouldn't want that, especially since Tesla's, I think they max charge at 250 kilowatts. It could be a problem. And what's not a problem is the repairability of Chromebooks anymore because Framework and Google announcing that they're partnering up to come up with a repairable, upgradable Chromebook. It's gonna start at 999 from Framework and it's a modular Chromebook where you can slip and slide different things in in case you want it, in case you don't. It's gonna have up to eight years of Chrome OS updates and you can download all the things, your favorite things that you can get on Chrome OS, the basic configuration is going to have eight gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of NVMe storage, but you can get it up to one terabyte of storage with their expansion cards in case you want. And then you can add a whole bunch of other stuff there. You pre-order it right now for $100. It's going to cost $1,000 for the base specs, which seems like a lot for a Chrome. Like, what are people doing with Chromebooks that they're spending $1,000 on them? I just, I'm seriously asking, can somebody educate me why Chromebooks actually need to be this expensive? Because in my just the way I understand Chromebooks, they're like an education tool and they're mostly like geared towards schools. And like you could spend $600 on a laptop and get something super competent. I'm not sure I understand the need to go this high end, but inform me. I wanna hear from you down below in those comments. And Logitech needs to inform me why their device needs to exist because they came out with the Logitech Cloud, G Cloud gaming handheld. I don't know what a G Cloud is, but Logitech has found it and it's $300. It's a portable handheld console, kind of like the Steam Deck, like you can see here, it actually looks pretty good. Uh, but it's only for cloud gaming, which I don't, I, 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 I need it explained, okay? They're, they're showing off people playing it wherever they want, on the go, just sitting down and playing it, which like, if you want portable gaming, I guess it, around your house, it would be good. But for the price of $300, that's only $100 less than the Steam Deck. 
I don't see this being very appealing. This is not good for out and about gaming. You're not gonna play this while you're at a hotel or something like that. This has very limited use case. So selling it for $300 right now, cause that's a sale as like you can pre-order, it's gonna go up to 350, which makes even less sense compared to something like the Steam Deck or the poopy butthole console like that. It's a very weird item. It has a Snapdragon processor, seven inch, 1080p, 60 Hertz. Like it's good specs ish, but it's a weird concept. You buying one? Let me know down below in those comments. Microsoft wants you to buy their stuff. They're having their next gen Surface event taking place on October 12th. We're expecting the Surface Pro 9, Surface Laptop 5, all of that to get released in the next few weeks, according to that. Now let's talk about some details of the NVIDIA EVGA split up. Jensen actually came out with a comment. I don't have it here on the screen for you, but he essentially said that they were good partners and we were good partners and we're sad that this is happening. But Andrew, the CEO of EVGA has had this on his his heart for a long time and he wants to go do something else so that's great we're letting him go do that i just it felt very snide but also like you can't actually point out one specific thing in the comment that makes it look like nvidia saying the wrong thing but it does feel like jensen put it on evga but he was just like, NVIDIA is going to be fine. We didn't need them. But Kingpin, who is a big part of EVGA's branding when it comes to their GPUs and as well as motherboards, has said that he's thankful for all the industry friends, old colleagues that reached out. It means a lot. And I appreciate it. The news isn't well received, of course. And I'm mostly sorry for the fans and people that are passionate for our brand and everything we've done here over the years at EVGA. If the Kingpin hardware is meant to continue on in one way or another, I'm sure that it will. The EVGA and PC hardware enthusiast community have been great to me and my teams over the years. Thank you. So it seems like he is open to possibilities of them potentially doing more hardware later. They do still have their motherboard lineup. There are Kingpin editions of motherboards, but it's hard to say if that's going to be enough to keep Vince at, around at EVGA, but we'll have to see if this develops. If again, as we've talked about EVGA potentially getting back in with AMD or Intel, and that could open up possibilities for Kingpin editions of like the ARC A770 or probably the B whatever, because it wouldn't happen for this. This generation, but this generation 7950X, the AMD chip on sale in China already. You want that? You can buy it. It's just motherboards are hard to come by. The X670, X670E aren't out yet, but the chips that are supposed to release next week are already for sale in China as well as in France in case you want to go ahead and buy them. But there are details coming out that it actually is even getting even better because there's a new BIOS update for the 7950X with new benchmarking showing that it's actually 10% better than the last time it was tested on this particular Geekbench score. So it does seem like AMD is making even last minute tweaks in order to get this thing better. But that's actually one of the major concerns that's come around with Ryzen 7000 series is that the AM5 platform, the new DDR5, that could potentially be host to BIOS issues. And if it's increasing 10%, before launch, like after they've already announced it, that could mean that AMD wasn't actually really good at the BIOS because allegedly, originally, the chips were supposed to come out a couple days ago, but it actually got pushed to next week for BIOS updating reasons. But there's plenty of benchmarks that are now coming out from unofficial sources that are being compiled by Sci Software Sandra and it's showing that the 7950X is one heck of a processor scoring 10 out of 10 in all of their scores. It's essentially really, really fast compared to everything else that's on the market, it essentially 
the 12900K. We are awaiting Intel's announcement of the 13th gen on September 27th, which is the same day that AMD is launching their chips. So it remains to be seen whether or not Intel is going to be able to effectively answer to the 7950X. But it does look like AMD has some really good stuff up their sleeves on the CPU department and hopefully soon on the GPU department. And hopefully soon is when I'll see you back here for hot news tomorrow for the hottest tech news out on the internet.